Welcome to the Voices of Young People podcast, brought to you by Springtide Research Institute. In each episode, we hear directly from young people as they respond to our research and share about the issues impacting their lives. As sociologists and researchers, we see a new story unfolding for young people, one that moves beyond traditional institutional boundaries and requires careful attention to the inner and outer lives of emerging generations. At the intersection of being and becoming, it's the Voices of Young People. Hi, my name is Marta Abawadi, and we are back with another episode of the Voices of Young People podcast in season four. We're talking to young people as they share some of their career aspirations, their hopes, their goals with us, where they're experiencing a sense of growth in their personal life as well as their professional life. And Christina brings all of those examples to life for us today. She's one of our Springtide ambassadors, and I know you're going to enjoy hearing from her. So dig into this conversation. There's lots of good stuff. But after the conversation, we have even more good stuff because we will have a tip from our executive director, Dr. Josh Packard. So keep listening. You don't want to miss that. Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Christina. I use she and her pronouns, and I identify as a Latina. I'm 23 and I live in Illinois. Currently, I'm working on completing a certification to become a healthcare interpreter. And I like to travel to um, meet new people and try new restaurants. Love it. We are so excited that you are one of our ambassadors. Christina, you bring um, a lot of enthusiasm and connection to uh, the space where we have young people from ages 14 to 23 in this cohort. So you're at the older end of the Springtide Ambassadors cohort for 2020. Um, You're also at the older end of young people guests that we've been interviewing for this season because we've been interviewing people um, up to age 25 for this season, which is generally the cutoff of our our research inquiry as well. But Um, I'm excited because you have some work experience that we can get stories and examples from. So you're training and working towards being a health interpreter. Can you tell us a little bit more about, uh, yeah, your your chosen field and and why you're engaging this work? Yeah, Uh, thank you, first of all, (laughs) uh, for everything that you say. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so it was really interesting how I came to know about even the, the career. I was studying at first when I entered college, I was interested in just biology in general. And I wanted to just see where I would go from there. I, I didn't like it as much as I thought I, I did. And after that, I just started just exploring other majors so I could, you know, see what I, what I really enjoyed doing and, and what I liked. So I was inclining more into teaching but mm. I just knew that my heart wasn't there. Like I liked mm. it enough, but it wasn't my whole, my, my heart wasn't full pretty much. Sure. <laughs> and I just started basically researching more and more and more. And I knew that I wanted to be in the healthcare profession in, in that yeah. field, uh, but I didn't know what. So I just decided to do a major in Spanish because I was going to do okay. um, a minor, right? So then I was just like, no, let me do the major in Spanish. Um, and it's called Spanish for the profession. So basically, okay. if you want to go to a profession, 
you're certified basically as and it's Spanish. Um, and so then I started doing a minor on Latino studies. And mm. I remember that a professor of mine had just mentioned interpreting. And I was like, oh, what, what, what is that? Yeah. So then I started researching more and I fell in love with it. I finished my, uh, my major in Spanish for the professions and then with a minor in Latino studies. And right now I just found a certificate program. It's online and I'm just working on that. And I hope to, you know, soon finish it and start working in clinics or hospitals and, you know, just helping the community. That's fantastic. And that trajectory you painted for us in terms of like, okay, I tried out a biology major. I thought maybe teaching major, neither of those were quite settling perfectly right. with me. Um, it's, it's going to be really fun to dig into that more in this conversation about who were the people you were in, in process with who were giving advice and guidance as you were trying out different things or making those decisions or who have helped you even to point you towards the certificate program like you referenced that professor a little bit. So um, yeah, we want to get into all of that more. So when you think of an ideal workplace setting, maybe as a clinic setting, um, what would be the characteristics that would make it ideal for you? Um, I feel like, I've, like you mentioned before, I've gone through not all, of course, you know, but enough experience to know what I really like in a workplace and what I don't. And I feel like the first thing that I look like to in, in, in a just work for, uh, setting would be respect, respect mm. from either, you know, your management team towards, you, you know, just the employees in general yeah. um, and from the employees to, you know, to everyone, pretty much. One thing uh, that I think is just key in a workplace would be no drama. And it's just because it goes, I think, hand in hand with respect. And it's just really tiring and toxic to a certain point, just, you know, dealing with drama at a workplace, because I think every job has its ups and downs and it's stressful. You know, any job that you get, it could be stressful. And I just think it's really important to keep it as positive as possible. Um, so no drama would be one of, one of the key elements. Um, another thing that I think it's important would be just doing or whatever you're doing in that profession or that in that job to enjoy it enough to be there every day mm. you don't have to be miserable <laughs> um and if you just feel that that place is not helping you grow it's not helping you be a better person you might want to consider changing to another you know another uh work setting or another job in general um just because i feel like when I have tried to force myself into liking a job that I really just don't enjoy. I feel like my mental health goes down mm. big time. So my productivity is not the same, uh, not even just in the workplace, but outside. Oh, wow. I yeah. I want to go back to that place. And I think that takes a toll on you. That's just not necessary. You know, <laughs> if you have sure. options, you, you know, you might consider, like I said, um, switching, get out, getting out of there. Just because your mental health is the most important thing. Because if you're not good, then you're not going to do good things in life. You know, you're not going to do uh, good at your job 
even with your friends, at, you know, at events anywhere, pretty much. Um, so I think that would be one of the key elements that I would say for a workplace. Oh, that's really helpful. That that fits so squarely in a lot of our research findings with young people that they are looking for a workplace that really um, speaks to their purpose in life. And I felt like I already heard that in um, in your intro, even in what you are wanting to do. You're like, okay, this isn't a right fit. This isn't a right fit. But this, this gives me a sense of meaning. Right. So, so can you speak speak more to that of what expectations you have for having that sense of purpose or meaning in your work? Yeah, um, I think it's important. And for me, speaking for myself, right, I have seen uh, family members that are older, um, even my parents that have had to work at places where they really don't find their purpose or they yeah. don't feel, you know, they're like, and the thing is that older generations, at least in my case, um, they don't really have an option because they already have families and they mm -hmm. don't have as much opportunities, you know? So I think that for me, it's really important to have a purpose and just to be happy in the workplace that I'm at because I have many more opportunities than what my parents had. And I think one of the things that they have strived for is for me to be happy. And mm -hmm. it's just really important to, to me for them to see me happy and no matter at what place, right? Because they, they really don't ask much of me, you know, other than to be happy. And I think just finding that right place where I can become this great person and just help people however my abilities, you know, are, are allowing me to, I think that's really important. And just to everyone out there that has that opportunity, take it because it's just, it's just, I think, really important to take into, into consideration um, the amount of work that our parents have done for us. Uh, it's just a thank you, a little thank you gift, you know, to them. Yeah. And I feel like that's how we're gonna feel if, you know, one one day life wants us to have kids or even you know little siblings or just little nieces nephews we would like them to fulfill their their dreams as well and it, it the workplace is one of the places that you do spend a lot of time right yeah and I think it's just really important to be um doing something that you love and helping people and just you know living your your best life <laughs> Uh, that's really helpful that you illustrated some of these generational differences in terms of opportunity or just that it is a luxury right now to be able to say, oh, I want this job because it gives me meaning. It gives me purpose that not everyone always has that clear of a choice. Um, and that was something in our research um, for work life and in our reporting of work life that our our research team and our writing team try to be really conscious of um, is just that not everyone approaches the conversation from the same place. Um, so I, yeah, that distinction that you're painting um, and where your parents are like, we want Christina to be able to be happy. And that part of that happiness comes from your work options. And that it sounds like you really recognize that that is a gift that you can, <laughs> that you can be picky, that you can 
make choices about um, what aligns with a sense of meaning for you and what what doesn't align for you. Yeah. So yeah, uh, thank you for for illustrating that for us. We we've also heard in in our research for work life that so many young people see it as really crucial that the person who's their supervisor or boss shows that they care about them as a person, that it's not just the organization or the company, like, but it comes through the form of a direct person who's overseeing their work, that they feel like, okay, my boss cares about me, not just because I work for them and I produce something that they need, um, but they genuinely care about me. Have you experienced that or do you have expectations for that? I thankfully, yes, I have experienced that and I have experienced the complete opposite. So I've experienced both ah. sides. Yeah. Um, and it, you just, I feel like at a certain point, you feel like the company is just, um, it doesn't even care about you really, even just the company in general, because they don't pick the good um, people to like run it. So I think it's really important for just companies to, you know, really supervise their supervisors, <laughs> um, sure. make sure that they, you know, they do care. Um, I think one of the, I have a couple expectations, but one of them would be celebrating achievements. I think yeah. that's important. At my current job, thankfully, it's a, it's a good job. And I've learned about just being a leader through both my bosses because they really just take their time to ask how you're doing, you know, mm -hmm. um, if they do understand, you know, if, if you have to call off, if it's an emergency, they try to be as, you know, understanding as possible, which I think it's, it's really important. Um, they consider your opinions um, as, you know, just, just they consider your opinions for different things. They could consider them for, you know, someone that's going to be working with you because they know that you're going to be working with them, not them directly. Sure, yeah. So I think that's really important for them to just take your, your opinions into consideration. Um, another thing would be, and this is the biggest one, I feel, respecting you, like showing respect to towards you just because, you know, a lot of bosses think that they're, too superior to you and they don't take their time to actually appreciate you just mm. as a human being you know yeah. so I feel like respect is one of the most important things but the other the other ones that I mentioned are um as crucial you know but yeah those would be the ones that I would have in mind right now I'm glad that you are in a place currently where you feel like that is embodied in really helpful ways but um I think the fact that you've also been in previous places where that wasn't the case it makes when I imagine when it does happen it stands out so much because you've felt the opposite so um yeah for anyone who's in an HR role who's who's listening to this podcast or who already supervises um younger employees who are maybe newer to the field or to the company um I think these takeaways you're bringing are really key of of what does respect look like? Well, it means checking in with me. It means celebrating accomplishments. Uh, the, those are major findings um, that we have in our report. But when you bring it to life on the podcast, I think it brings the point home that much clearer for people to hear directly from your 
own perspective. We also know that, um, you know, the title of the book is Work Life and Work Life Balance is something that there's often a, a, an assumption that it's just for older employees. That when you're young, you can devote all your time and energy to work. And those considerations of work-life balance, you can worry about that once you have your own family or you're taking care of someone. Right. How, how would you um, respond to that type of an assumption? And do you think workplaces need to also help young people foster and value work-life balance? Oh, the assumption, I just think it's just, no, you shouldn't make that assumption. <laughs> it's just the no-no there. Um, why? It's, the reason is just because we have so much life as young people that yeah. spending it or even wasting it at a workplace, it's just, no, no. <laughs> I, I don't like the idea just because our life is just too valuable mm. and too short to you know just be working um i think not only because of that but just because we as human beings aren't just you know robots that we can just you know plug some batteries there and we'll just gonna be new as you know as new um but i just feel like mental health again mental health is just a big a big uh, factor in our lives in general I think it just takes a toll on you when you're just working and working and working and working and you just come home, eat, go to sleep. If anything, do some things here and there and just go back to work again. It's really tiring. Um, and you let you you lose a sense of of your own being when you're trapped in that cycle. It it becomes yeah. a cycle and it's really hard to break it because then you become this person that can't stop working. At a certain point, it just becomes your way of being um, and you don't know when to stop. Mm. It just, I think it could become that. And honestly, it almost became that that for me. Wow. Uh, I used to work at basically, you know, my regular job uh, from nine to, to six. And I mean, that's the job that I still work at at the clinic. But then I used to work at a side job on Sunday Mm. so the only day that I had off pretty much was Wednesdays and I had to do everything that I couldn't do the whole week in that one right so it just became too much and sure you know money is important you know if you like to you know especially if I'm living by myself right now with a roommate um so you know rent is not the cheapest (laughs) and just things that you just like to buy because you're young and you're a person you know you just like to buy clothes and this and that blah blah blah, which is normal as you should um but there just becomes a point that money is just too important to you that you don't even realize that it's eating your life away and mm-hmm. if you don't have a life, you won't be able to spend that money <laughs> anywhere, not even in, in traveling or in things that you just like to do. Um, I think you just even start forgetting the things that you enjoy doing outside of work because your mind is just to work, work, work. And let me go, you know, I have to go meal prep. I have to go do this when I get out of work. I have to go, you know, grocery shopping. And it just becomes this place of, uh, like I said, the cycle of just yeah. work. Um, so I feel that workplaces should definitely consider, 
you know, their employees' life as as a human life <laughs> and mm-hmm. just, you know, have in mind that we do need breaks and that a company can do. Yeah, I feel like sometimes companies focus a lot of, on like the money that they can produce a day and they overwork their workers. Um, and sure, you win more money, right? Your paycheck looks a little fuller or whatever but at the end of the day I feel like interaction with other people outside of work is really crucial interaction even with family members uh even with yourself just time by yourself that you can just breathe and not have to do anything is super important again it just goes back to the mental health um because if you're not good you know uh if you don't feel good if you don't feel that you're just doing something good with your life then you're just going downhill from there. So I think it's really important too. Oh, well said. Well said with all of all of those points you brought. Yeah. It really connects well to my next question when you're talking about the places you want to spend your time, the other people and communities and settings that give you a sense of meaning. Um, you know, you've already mentioned today that people spend more time at work now than than ever before. Well, there's there's a lot of data on that for all different age groups. Mm-hmm. So we also want to know when we talk about work life, when we talk about helping young people flourish and find balance, where else do you find meaning? <laughs> um, yeah, what other hobbies, passions, communities give you that? Yeah, so um, I consider myself a pretty fun person. <laughs> like I said in, in my intro, I do like to just travel, you know. Yeah. Um, I like to try new new places, new restaurants especially restaurants I love to eat (laughs) um but uh I I do think that the sense of community is really important and I like I said interaction with other human beings is super important so apart from just you know hanging out with friends and doing all the fun activities that I do um I do um I am part of an organization named Iscali and it's a Catholic organization. It's aimed mostly for young Latinos. And I found out about Iscali around maybe two years, two, three years ago. It was in 2018. That's okay. when I did my first uh, retreat. And I just found a sense of community there. Not only that, but it helped me with my faith. And for me, uh, faith is just super important because it keeps me aligned with my my purpose in life Mm -hmm. and um it's really nice to just see that there's other people my age that care about the same things that you know that I care about and I can share with them and I can just you know be myself with them and so this organization has helped me so much I found out about you know um hold on I I, hold on okay you're good Thank you. I found <laughs> I found out about um, Springtide through them because they, you know, they connected. Oh, great. Yeah. So that was pretty um, interesting. And I am also part of I'm a uh, tutor in Big Shoulders. Uh, it's a it's an organization as well. And it was through Iscali that I found about uh, that I found about uh, about it that way. And so I think it's just Iscali has been really like the focus place in my life um, and has 
helped me branch out into different things that I, you know, that I'm enjoying to do. Right. Um, so yeah, I think those things are really important. Again, uh, it's not ab- about uh, just working. It's about finding your purpose in other things that you can do, you know? So, so yeah. you, you are a fun person. I want to affirm that you're totally a fun person, but I love that you're like, okay, yeah, I like to have fun. But I also have a real sense of being grounded in these communities. And that's so cool to hear that, you know, one specific community networks you to another one, to another one. Um, And, you know, that sense of networking has so many applications to career prospects as well. So the fact that you're already taking advantage of that, um, those connections in your personal life, uh, I'm sure that will translate to professional goals you have as well. So when you have to make these career decisions, who do you turn to? Like, or even just the decisions you had to make about what you wanted to study in school as well. Um, Yeah. Who gives you guidance? So the first people I think I turn to are my parents, just because, you know, they're my parents and they have, in my eyes, enough experience (laughs) to know. And they've seen enough things to know how to guide me through certain things. However, I do think it's important to take advantage of the connections that you have, of the friendships that you have, of people that you know. And I do turn into a lot of people for opinions, for just guidance in general, because there's different people that have different experiences. So I just like to take a little bit of everything from, you know, a yeah. certain people that, ha- you know, that have the experience that I want. And I just kind of you know, form my little puzzle. And that's when I make my own decision being like, okay, this person told me this, this person told me that. And it's just different people are going to give you always different opinions. Even if it's the same workplace, even if it's the same uh, question, they're going to give you different answers because they have different perspectives. So I think just putting your two senses to it and just being like, okay, I need to hear different perspectives from professors, from teachers, from even younger people than, than me, because they have mm. gone through different experiences than I have. Um, I just think it's really important to take into consideration all these things and just be okay with taking certain, you know, um, opinions and factors from other people. So I honestly, my answer to that, I think it would be, I turn to anyone that I feel could help me. Wow, you have an open, open mind, like to to be able to weigh through a lot of different opinions and perspectives too, perspectives too. But it sounds like you just find immense value in having the variety, um, the spread of different perspectives um, and opinions. Some people might feel really overwhelmed by that, but it sounds like the way you operate is like you want that input from multiple sources. (laughs) Yeah. And like, uh, just Uh, going back to that a little bit, some people, like you said, find it a little overwhelming and they're a little more reserved and they just tend to go to certain people to, you know, for advices and that's fine. But if it works for you or if you want to try it out, you know, to take different inputs that might, you know, help you a little more in the future. So, yeah. (laughs) That's great. It's great. You found what works, works really well for you. (laughs) So you, you've referenced growth a bit. Um, And we are curious about the ways young people are experiencing not just professional growth, but personal growth as well. 
So I'm wondering if there's a specific trusted adult who has really shown you that they care about you, that they're concerned or that they want what's best for you. And if that has, you know, triggered um, some personal growth in your life. Yeah. Um, I think that the person that comes to mind would be my uh, Latino studies professor. I met her when I was doing my, my minor in Latino studies and she is just an amazing person overall. She is a Latina and she just has taught me so much about myself, I think. Um, and just her experiences have taught me to be this strong, independent woman, you know, and I'm, I might not be, you know, the fulfillment of that, the woman that I want to be, but I'm getting there. Um, mm. And I think she's been just this person that has guided me without even purposely doing it. She just has cared about me as just a human being. And um, I just have so much love for her. So I think overall, she's taught me to be this strong person that, you know, can be open-minded and isn't afraid to speak out, you know, what I, of course, respectfully, but to speak out what I, what I feel or what I think. I was really reserved before I, even though I was, you know, I'm, I haven't really been much of an introvert in, throughout my life, but I did kind of reserve a little in certain topics or in certain things that I just didn't feel comfortable with. Um, but I have learned that if you do it respectfully, you know, you can get your point across and learn dif from different perspectives. Diversity is one of the things that I have, you know, I think it's just one of the most important things in this world. Um, different perspectives, different backgrounds, different ethnicities, just different everything makes this world fun. Because if not, we would all just be the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like throughout the years that I've, I, I think I grew a lot in college, in my college years. That's where I saw the, the growth mm -hmm. uh, and the maturing of just my my mind, you know, my mindset. Um high school me is not the one that you're you're talking yeah. to right now and I am really proud of that just because mm. it does take a lot to switch from you know that little switch that you're like okay calm down you know you can take different perspectives you you know you're a grown person um and to have conversations outside of those comfort um zones that you that you have usually mm. another thing is just having different friends and um I mean, with that, I mean just different pers different friends that have different perspectives. Um, I used to just hang out with, you know, the, the people that would think like me. And it was easy because we never got into, you know, not arguments, but like um, complicated conversations. And it was so easy, right? It's so easy to not have those conversations at all. But then the more I, I've spread out, you know, in different uh, organizations and different just uh, things in general, in different paths, I have encountered more people that have different views as, as I do, and it's okay. But the beautiful thing is just having those conversations that help you understand other people more. And I think compassion is one of the biggest things that I've learned throughout the years, just because you never know what someone's going through. And that has a lot to do with their opinion. So it's just always taking into consideration, hey, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know how their life has been before that. 
that makes their, you know, uh, mentality the way it is right now. So just understanding, being compassionate, being um, being a good, a good human being is just one of the things that I think I've learned. Uh, and like I said, I it wasn't me before. So I'm really proud of, you know, the person that I'm becoming. And of course, just seeking more growth to to my to me to my being um is something that i i aspire to you know have in the next years yeah yeah you oh you illustrated that really beautifully and in a really compelling way that you're able to see those signposts of like who you were in high school who you were in college who you were in now and be able to recognize that growth as well as that your continual work in progress yeah, but but I I think that serves as a just a really lovely way for our listeners to hear how growth um, happens. Yes, professionally, but it coincides with these other places of self discovery and and self improvement. So also that professor sounds awesome. I'm so glad she was in your life. Are you guys still connected? Yeah, yeah. Um, she actually after college she decided to do a little group of Latinas just to. Um, every Thursday. Uh, I haven't joined because of different things. You know, I've had a lot in life right now with the whole moving and just everything. Um, I haven't been able to join, but I told her, you know, to give me a a few months to just take a break. Um, Because like I said, it's important to just slow down sometimes. But uh, we just talk about different things, about different, you know, issues in the world. And I just think it's really I, I she's awesome she's just awesome yeah, that's phenomenal <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a little community of you know just us talking about things that you know and it's not only people from like the United States from Mexico she has other people from Mexico join us and it's just really oh cool yeah. so it's yeah. virtual it's obviously yeah, yeah virtual it's, uh, through Zoom. Yeah. yeah yeah oh that's wonderful and I mean kudos to you in the ways that you're like I need balance in my life this is, I'm going to take a pause from the group, but I'll, I'll come back to it. I'll circle back to it. I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about in this book is the ways that we want young people to find balance um, with all these things we've talked about today, whether it's mentorship, whether it's growth, whether it's just a sense of meaning. So thank you so much. Are there any final thoughts you want to bring um, that, that anything we missed in our conversation you wanted to highlight? Um, just, for the listeners, I think um, just like we had mentioned right now, take a pause in your life and ask yourself if you're doing what you love. And if you're working towards that goal, if you're not you know, there right now, which is okay, um, do what you love. Take time to get to know yourself. It's the most beautiful, beautiful thing I think we can do. Um, we're the only ones that live with, with ourselves every day. And I think it's only fair that we get to know each other as much as we can. Um, like I said, life is short and I think we just should enjoy it. Enjoy it just because life is, it can be beautiful. It can be stressful and it can be a little chaotic sometimes. But at the end of the day, I think you have the decision to make, you know, the situations a little lighter and a little more beautiful for yourself. So take care of yourself um, and just remember to live. <laughs> Well said in a really, really lovely way to end this episode. Um, It's been a pleasure. You are 
always a pleasure to to speak with but i know our listeners are going to take a lot from this conversation as well so thank you for being you and for bringing all these examples to life christina thank you so much it was a pleasure as well (laughs) all right now we get to go to that tip from dr josh packard a way for you to directly take our research findings and apply them to your own setting. Here it is. One of the key things we hear a lot from employers, especially, but also from parents when we're talking about our, the research that we, that we do at Gen Z, is how we can get them to go the extra mile, to truly take responsibility, to be accountable for the work that they're doing. And I think we, we see a, a piece of this answer, a really critical piece of this answer, in some research that was summed up by Adam Grant in, in his book, Originals. Uh, there, there's an overwhelming trend uh, among the research that's been done with not just young people, but also with emerging adults, especially, that they'll do the right thing, even if it's harder, when there is an appeal made to their character rather than to the activity. For example, children were more likely to clean up when asked to, quote, be a helper as opposed to request, uh, as opposed to a request to simply to help. Similarly, students were less likely to cheat when admonished to with don't be a cheater than, than simply telling people don't cheat. It's, it's that part of making it personal, of, of making it attached to their identity that makes them go the extra mile. So when we're thinking about this in the workplace, you know, we, we can encourage people to be a team player. We can even add a little, uh, a little bit of extra motivation there to be a team player like Josh, for example. Um, uh, if, if we really want to be specific about it. Um, but anything that we can do that sort of takes us out of the realm of the abstract and moves this into something that's a micro level attached to who they are, to thinking about this as the type of person that they are, as opposed to simply an activity that they could do or choose not to do while retaining their sense of self, then we're much more likely to get that kind of long-term commitment and buy-in where they will do, this, do the right thing, the best thing for the organization or, or for the family, um, for their career, even if it's not necessarily the easy thing to do in the short run. So we want to, again, just to sum this up, we want to appeal to the young person's character uh, rather than simply uh, trying to talk about what is the right thing or wrong thing to do. Visit springtideresearch.org to hear more voices of young people and access our full study on young people's expectations and experiences of work titled Work Life, Helping Gen Z Flourish and Find Balance. Sign up for our newsletter and be the first to learn about our upcoming research. Today's show was produced by Marta Abuaji and TJ Birnbaum with original music by high school student Christian Unthank. Special thanks to our guest today and all the young people whose perspectives and insights make our research possible. Remember to find us on social media at We Are Springtide and learn more about our brand new writer in residence program at springtideresearch.org. Thanks for listening.